Okay, welcome to the Misha All Access podcast. And we are on our series. We're talking about transitions. And today we have Greg Stahl, Assistant Executive Director of the Missouri State High School Activities Association, one of the three Assistant Executive Directors who will be retiring at the end of this school year-ish. They all have a little bit different retirement date, but we wanted to talk to Greg about his life and work and just celebrate his career with Misha a little bit. So welcome, Greg. Good morning. Good morning. So tell us about your path. How did you get to be here in your last year after almost 13 years with the Missouri State High School Activities Association? So my career path actually started right out of college, graduating from Missouri Valley College, went straight into education as a science teacher at Versailles Middle School, coached multiple sports there, wrestling, football, baseball. After a four-year stint there, I moved and went to Marceline Middle School, again, science teacher, football wrestling coach. During my time at Marceline, started the master's degree in educational administration. And as soon as that was completed, I was chomping at the bit, thinking administrative pathway is what I needed to pursue for multiple reasons, professionally, also for financial support of my family. So I went back to Versailles as the assistant high school principal. And from there, decided that the assistant principal role wasn't really a full-time fit for me. So I went to Plattsburgh High School, served there as the athletic director, did some teaching of strength conditioning classes, lifetime sports classes, before combining back into the athletic director assistant principal role before I came to the Misha office. Okay. And so then you came to the Misha office. What all have you done in the last 13 years of the Misha office as far as your roles and responsibilities? Well, looking back... 13 years ago, I walked through the door of the Misha office and was responsible in that first year for overseeing the sport of wrestling. Of course, without a question, that was the pressing need. Someone to oversee wrestling, a lot of moving parts in that sport with the weight management. And just there's a real need for a grassroots knowledge of that sport. But along with wrestling, uh, I had football officials speech and debate and tennis in that first year. After six years of having those responsibilities due to some transitioning in the office with some retirements, I've remained the staff member responsible for wrestling and then took on the sport of football itself, not the football official side, but was the executive in charge of the sport of football and golf. I transitioned from tennis over to golf And also, at that same time, I transitioned over into overseeing our sports medicine group and working with the Sports Medicine Advisory Committee. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to take you back to your pre-career. Is there a person or an event or a time in your life, something that happened or, or the influence of someone that set you toward the pathway you started, toward education, teaching, coaching? Actually, that's a pretty easy answer. Number one, my my high school wrestling and golf coach and industrial arts teacher, Ron Hurst, at Trenton High School, was a very big impact and influence on my life. Along with Ron, I also had some teachers in high school, Mrs. Yeager, Coach Pittman, 
who's now at the University of Arkansas at the head coach. Coach Pittman was my high school football coach my senior year, and all those people just carried themselves in a way that I really respected. They were really encouraging to young people. They really encouraged people to set goals high. You can achieve anything. So besides those three educators at the high school level, I would also say that I had some influence from, you know, my college wrestling coach, Coach Mockholtz. He was very encouraging to wrestlers on his collegiate teams for consideration to become teachers and coaches and how we needed those in our society. And so those were probably the four big influential people as it relates to my decision to go into the education pathway for my career. So when you got into education, can you talk a little bit about some of those opportunities as a teacher and coach where you talk about these people who impacted you and really helped direct your path in a career? What kind of opportunities did you have as a teacher and a coach, especially when you talk about students? Daily. Any of us in education know that we have opportunities daily to touch the hearts of youngsters that maybe don't have all the support that they need outside of school. We're constantly coming into contact with those kids that just need that encouragement, need to be reminded of the can-do attitude that they should have as students and can have as students. Because that was how I was approached in high school by coaches and teachers for the most part, that was something that was very high on my radar to do with the students that I came in contact once I became a teacher and coach. Being completely realistic here, most people probably wouldn't have saw me as being a college-bound student when I was coming out of high school. Maybe I didn't fit what that was supposed to look like with a student coming out of high school, but I had people around me that encouraged me to set my goals high, that I could accomplish anything that I could do as long as I was willing to put the work into it and was willing to believe in myself. So once I became a teacher and a coach, naturally I felt like I gravitated probably to some of those kids that were similar to me that I could see maybe wasn't getting reminded on a daily basis that, you know, don't let anybody tell you what you can or can't do. Only you can determine that. And I would share my story with them. And it's been really a rewarding career because those former students and athletes that I've had earlier in my career also who maybe was not on the radar to be a college student, so to speak, ended up being a college student. They ended up being a coach or they ended up being a teacher. But most importantly, they became, you know, great husbands and dads and wives and mothers. Well, it's funny you talk about that because I've got something to play for you now. I first met him in the 95-96 season. I actually first met him on the football field. He was a assistant football coach, but where we had our biggest relationship was in wrestling. He's a good mentor, coach. I, he really just gave me a, a passion for the sport. And basically, when I left Greg in 97, I, I knew I wanted to be a coach. And to this day, now that I, I'm still coaching, you know, I do things like he did or some of the things that he did. And just working with us and motivating us. He was just a good mentor. So I left and I wrestled in college too. And, you know, he was a part, a big part in that too. So like, again, he wrestled in Valley. So he had connections out there. And I, you know, he was my, he was the one that set that up. You know, he reached out to 
Merrimack and Missouri Valley and got me wrestling in college. And then, you know, when I'd come back in the summers, we'd always visit them. One thing I will say is over the years, of course, you know, like we always, whenever we see them, I'm always happy to see them. And not just me, but the other wrestling team. He was well loved by the wrestling team. And when I go back to Purcell's and I talk to my old teammates, Coach Tall is a topic. Hey, I saw Coach Tall or, or my friend Jesse. He'll be like, hey, I talked to Coach Tall. So we all care about him. The impact he had on my life, I know I'm having that impact on some, maybe not all of them, but I know that some individuals I'm having that impact. And I tell my kids every year, give them a speech every year, and I tell them about the relationships they're building, that they're going to have these relationships the rest of their lives. I talk about Coach Stahl. I tell them I'm still friends with my high school coach today. I give them that speech every year. I tell them that this is their fraternity and they're making memories and friends for a lifetime. Started in Brussels. In 97. Coach, congratulations on your retirement. I want to thank you for all you did for me and everything you've done for wrestling and football. Appreciate you. Greg, you and I have something in common, several things in common. I have a family member that say we're, we're just planted a little too close to the water and a little, a little closer to the water. You, you listened to that testimonial and you've got tears. And you just described what he talked about, but when you hear it from him... What's that mean? Well, first of all, I'll say I'm certain that that recording was Justin Hahn, who is the head wrestling coach at Boonville right now. And Justin's one of those former wrestlers that fits the exact mold of what I was just talking about. He may not have had a bunch of people in his life telling him that he can do this, he can do this, he can do this. But he was one that... I specifically saw could accomplish good things and he could set his own pathway that he didn't have to follow a pathway that somebody else thought he fit into, that he could create his own pathway. And Justin, not only is he impacting lives now as a coach, it touches me that he's a great dad. His son is in his first year at the Air Force Academy. And boy, has he really instilled a lot of things into his son. I mean, he's a good husband, just a strong family life. And you know what? And looking back in your career, that's the most rewarding things. It's not the fact that, you know, former wrestlers like Justin was a state medalist at were helped us accomplish things as a team in wrestling that was never accomplished at Versailles High School before that. While those things are rememberable and make you feel good, what really touches your heart is where those former students have ended up as adults. And there's just a number of young men, especially former wrestlers, that are other Justins. I could go on and on and on, but it is very rewarding and very touching to hear that recording from Justin. So, Now, from the outside looking in, it would appear you left all that to go to the Misha office, right? You left that opportunity to impact on a very personal level those kids. But I'm going to challenge that because do you think you left it or do you think that the impact continued? Well, first I'll say that kind of going back to that comment that I made that once I got that master's degree, I was chomping at the bit to go to administration. And since I made that decision and went into the 
went to the administration route. There were a number of years that I questioned, why did I leave coaching so early? That was such a huge factor in why I went into education to begin with. Why did I leave that so early? Was I done in that role? With that said, though, even though that there was years that I questioned, why did I leave coaching so early with so many years left in my career, I started recognizing really quickly that as an administrator, you have the ability to still have impact on kids' lives. It's just in different settings. It's not at practices where you're using realistic situations in practice or during games to help teach life lessons and to build character and to build work ethic. You're usually more in an office setting, meeting with a kid, more of a more of a counseling, encouraging role a lot of times, especially as assistant principal. It wasn't just all about handing down discipline all the time. It was a lot of times about meeting with kids and just talking about life and talking some of the same messages that you taught as a coach and a teacher to your athletes. You're now talking to students in just a different setting. And I recognized that pretty quick into the administration positions and was able to live with a little bit more, you know, with my decision to leave coaching and go into administration. Now, when I left the school administration positions to come to Misha, I was really amped up about that opportunity just because as a coach, when I was coaching and qualifying individuals or teams to the state championships, I saw how much of an impact it had on those kids' lives of just being able to be at the state championships, the all factor. This is really, really cool for that kid, and that kid will never forget that experience. So when I applied at Misha to take a chance at coming to work for Misha and for our member schools, my laser focus was, what could I do to create even more of a rememberable moment for kids? And I don't ever, for one day, regret the transition to the Misha office. While there are things that are challenging, it has been super rewarding. Can you speak a little bit to the production of the state championship? And you're speaking specifically to wrestling, but you've been a part of the state championship in golf and football and speech debate and theater. The attention to the detail for those state championships you talked a little bit about and the awe factor and making things memorable, and it is memory-making. Those events are memory-making, and, and they're, in many cases, for kids once in a lifetime. We're going to have a four-day wrestling championship coming up in February. How much time do you put into producing that four-day wrestling championship? Well, first of all, I'll say the amount of time and attention to detail is at a pretty high level regardless of which sport championship it is that that we're putting on. And I say we because I've said many times you're you're only as good as the people around you. And thankfully, I've had a lot of good people around me. But I'll talk specifically about wrestling. The time and attention to detail to the planning and organizational piece of the state wrestling championships is really times two in comparison to other sports that I have overseen. And I would say the driving reason behind that is due to the 
sheer number of schools, one, that end up qualifying a wrestler or wrestlers to the final site. In addition to that, the number of workers that's required to put that event on is actually at 100 plus people. So if you just think about the number of people that you actually have to touch base with in order to establish and confirm, can you, are you available, are you available in the case of this year, all four days or just two days of the four, and then you have to fill those gaps. But besides putting your worker force in place at a state championship, what comes next is making sure that you have had great communication with your schools that participate in that sport, making sure that they understand exactly what the schedule is, making sure that they understand where they're supposed to be and when they're supposed to be there, especially as it relates to weigh-ins that starts every day. And that can often cause a little bit of a hiccup as it relates to the state wrestling championships because it's very timestamp specific when you have to be there, when you have to be accounted for, or you're not permitted to participate in the tournament if you're not there and accounted for. But there's just a lot of behind-the-scenes things that a lot of folks don't stop to think about, and that's okay. They're there for the product, right? They're there to cheer on and support the kids, and whatever has to go on behind the scenes is somebody else's to deal with. And you know what? As a fan spectator, that's right. But there are a number of things behind the scenes that a lot of folks aren't aware of, from staffing to pieces of functionality that have to be in place to make sure, you know, especially during the finals, when the lights are going down, when the lights are coming back on, when the spotlights are supposed to be used, when the music's supposed to be playing, for all the introductions and all the flair that we try to do for the state finals. I'm hopeful that this year in the four-day state tournament that we're doing for the first time ever, which is a good thing because the result of having to have four straight days for the state wrestling tournament has come because of the addition of a second class of girls wrestling. And you have to celebrate that because the numbers are there to support adding a second class of girls wrestling results in the four-day state tournament, which results in a little more planning, things changing, format changing, time schedule changing. All those things will be new to us this year. So this year is going to be, it's going to be very important to communicate well and communicate often to our wrestling schools, to our wrestling coaches, just because the times they have to be there, the times they're going to be competing are going to be changing from what they have been used to in the past. And we're creatures of habit, right? So if I've spent the last 20 years of showing up at Columbia for state wrestling on Thursday morning, I'm kind of groomed to when I need to be there with my team. Those things are all changing. So, like I said, communication is going to be critical for us this year with our schools and with our workers, et cetera. So, but we'll be there. We'll get the job done. And then when it's done, we'll, we'll come together. We'll evaluate and see what we need to do in the future. What's next for you when you leave the office? I'm a little bit uncertain of that right now. I won't be fully retired, retired. I'm, I'm retiring from mission, from education, from my career in education. I'm looking for opportunity to do something else. My options are wide open. I just don't know what that is yet. At some point down the road, a little bit later in life, I'll there's probably a family farm to help on. I you know kind of look forward to that, but that's down the road a few years. But I'm just it's kind of how I grew up. I grew up in a rural area. 
I've always lived in a rural area. Agricultural, farming, outdoors, conservation, all those things have been very huge in my life. So that's where I'll continue to at least call home is in a rural area and, and more than likely stay where I'm currently at. But as far as occupation or next career, not exactly sure yet. But, you know, I was telling some friends the other day, the good thing about that is you're not in a rush to have to make a decision and you're kind of in control of what you say yes, you'll do or no, you won't do moving forward. So as you look back, would you do it again? Would you come to Misha? Would you choose a career in teaching and coaching and then take a what some would call a left turn in the middle and, and come to Misha? Would you do that again or would you have done it differently? In looking back, if there's anything that I'd have done differently, it would probably have been stayed in coaching a little bit longer before pulling the trigger and, and moving on into the administration avenue. However, I'm a firm believer that everything happens for a reason and you are really not the one in control of where life's going to take you. I believe that there's a higher power, you know, that creates opportunities during certain times of your life. And Misha, without a shadow of a doubt, was one of those opportunities. And I can tell you 100% I would do it again. I can't tell you how thankful and blessed I have been for getting to work at the Missouri State High School Activities Association, uh, work directly with all of our member schools. And I, I really can't say enough of how many great people I've worked with at the MISHA office. All of my colleagues during my 13 years, Dr. Erhan, who hired me, to all the other executives in the office that some are still there, some have already retired. Now yourself, Dr. Ruckstad, just wonderful, supportive people and great teamwork and great support system internally in the MISHA office. And can't say anything more about how great my experiences have been from that standpoint and would 100% do it over again. You've got almost 13 years in. And as I told Devney in our last interview, we've got two purposes for these podcast episodes. One is to celebrate the great work that you have done and the service you've given to our membership and that all of our member schools and the sports and activities that you have administered. And we want to take some time to celebrate that. And for some listeners, they're just curious. They want to hear about how it is to work there and, you know, how's their life path take them. And so, so your story is your story and we want to celebrate that story and what you've given specifically to the sport of wrestling in the state of Missouri and really the nation. People in Missouri don't necessarily have a, a sense of where Missouri fits in the national landscape in any number of, of areas. But in wrestling, Greg Stahl is one of the national leaders in the National Federation of High School Association. The National Federation and many of the states look to you and a few others in the 51 state associations across the country for knowledge, wisdom, assurance for, you know, our wrestling championship is not like anyone else's wrestling championship. However, you're going to help anybody that needs it in figuring out how to how to put on a great event, no matter how, how it looks in your state, you're going to help them do that. And you're going to be a contributor to the rules and you're going to help people understand what if we tweak this little thing here, what might be the impact for for schools and for kids and and what you've done in the sport of wrestling and really 
beyond with golf. I was talking to someone just yesterday about how you described to me your first year with speech, debate, and theater, where you had essentially no background in speech, debate, and theater other than working in schools with kids and the excitement that you communicated with me about just learning about that area and seeing kids who were completely fired up about their participation in speech, debate, and theater and realizing that everybody's got their thing and it's important that we give that same experience that we're giving to our wrestlers to kids in speech, debate, and theater. And the fact that you have this focus on kids and making sure that they have that experience, whether it's the the mountaintop experience of a state championship or just the fact that we put on a season. <laughs> we put on a season and the championships get a lot of a lot of attention as they should. But every once in a while there's a there's a JV wrestler out there who has the match of their life. And they're going to remember that forever. And it's not at Mizzou Arena. <laughs> it's in their high school gym. Or there's a wrestler out there or there's a golfer out there that has a bad day and a teammate or a coach has come in and by a small act of kindness or encouragement change the trajectory of that kid's life. And you come in every day and sit down at a desk and do email and plan and all those things, but all that stuff is connected. And so we want to celebrate that and thank you for all of that work you've done, both in schools as an educator in schools, but also an educator in our office. But when you leave here, we have to keep going. And you've seen that, as you mentioned, we've had assistant executive directors come in in your time and we've had those retire and we're looking for the next person, or in this situation, we're looking for a few people to come join us. So I'm going to ask you if you have any thoughts for any people who are potential candidates to maybe come and, and be the next person on the executive staff. I do. The first thing that I would encourage anyone out there listening right now that may feel like Misha might even interest them. I can share with you, it was the first week of December in 2010. I literally told my wife, hey, Misha just released a posting about a job opening, and one of the responsibilities was overseeing the sport of wrestling. I don't think I have a chance at all. It's a good time to update my resume. I haven't touched it for about seven years. And at that time, I've always been a rural educator, so in my mind, I thought, well, Misha wouldn't have any desire for a, somebody from over here in a small pond in a small school. You know what I mean? Absolutely not true at all. Misha desires to look at anyone, regardless of what size of school you're at currently. They're just looking for what they believe can be the best person who has a strong background grassroots experience, you know, with a sport or an activity based on whatever our current needs are right now. So I guess, long story short, I would encourage anyone out there to, if you think you're interested, throw your name in there. Don't ever cut yourself short. Don't ever think that it's just automatically chiseled out who or what Mish is looking for. There's a lot of moving parts. Anytime you have an opening, even if it's one person that's retiring, let alone three, there's a lot of moving 
parts internally on what do we need to do to create the best fit to give us the best opportunity to be as strong and productive of an association as we can be. So one, just encourage you to throw your name in there if you're if you're remotely even interested in considering applying. Number two, I would just like to share with everyone out there that I feel like I've experienced there's been a lot of benefits working at Misha. Number one, relationships, not just with the people that I get to work with internally, but it has been absolutely amazing the number of people, great people, that I've met in different schools, in different state associations, officials that I would never have met had I not come to work at the Misha office. And those folks are lifelong relationships and friendships now. In my mind, you can do everything that you can imagine throughout your life to try to accomplish your dream, whether it's financially or whatever it is. But when the rubber meets the road, in my mind, relationships are the absolute most important thing to me. And this job has allowed me to create a lot of them. This job also offers a lot of neat experiences, you know, beside our state championships, you know, our our national meetings that we really go to, to, you know, for professional development and to learn kind of what what's the next thing coming to the high school or middle school level in educational-based athletics and activities. That's where we learn all those things, but there's also some neat things that occur at those meetings that that we get the privilege of uh, of being at. You know, whether it's the National Hall of Fame banquet, you're meeting some of the best athletes to ever participate, best coaches that's ever coached the sport, best officials that's ever officiated our high school level sports. You get the opportunity to meet those people, you know, at this national meeting. There's also just, I've tried to explain to others about the positions at Misha. I really want to share how family-oriented it is to work there, whether it was Dr. Erhan or whether it was yourself, Dr. Ruckstad. There's never been a question that we have work to do, but we have family. And if there's something that our kids are doing, if our kids are participating in sports or participating in activities, we need to be there. And if that means leaving work a little bit early to be able to be at our own kids' stuff, but making it up somewhere along the way later in the week, that's what we do. And that has been such a blessing because during my 13 years at Misha, my two daughters, Madison and Kenzie, they were going through middle school and high school years of their life where they are very active. And in thinking back, I'm, you know, I'm so blessed to, th- to be able to say, geez, I can't remember missing much of anything. And if I did miss anything, maybe it was a basketball game on the night that state wrestling was going on. But there's a lot of value in that. And so I think all of those things put together is what I believe has made my 13 years at Misha such a rememberable and valuable experience for me. Thank you very much. Greg Stahl, retiring, not yet, not yet, but next summer he'll be retiring after 13 years of the Missouri State High School Activities Association. And I want to thank you for talking with us today. I'm going to encourage our listeners, if you 
are thinking about perhaps applying for one of these positions, please go to mshsaa.org and look at the job postings. If you have any questions, please contact me, Dr. Jennifer Ruxted, at the office. We'll answer your questions. And we'll be looking for the next Greg Stahl. It's going to be a different name and a different different story, but the relationships that Greg talked about are really worth it. And so we ask that all of you look into it. So we thank you for listening to the Misha All Access podcast and be looking for our next episode.